Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Marry Me, a romantic comedy starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson that just came out this past weekend. It is Valentine's weekend, and uh, we don't do enough romantic comedies here on the show, so I thought it would be a great time to finally get into one. And joining me for this is Rachel Wagner, who has been on the show before, and I was very happy to have her back, and we have a great conversation coming up about marry me so uh before we get to that i do want to remind you as always to make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever you listen to podcasts it is my duty uh as a podcaster to make sure to tell you that you can find us of course on apple podcasts on spotify on pocket casts on good pods where we recently broke into the top 10 indie film podcasts list on there so thank you to everyone who listens on good pods and uh, if you like what we do here on the show make sure to drop the rating you know five stars uh, a little review would be nice but uh definitely drop a little rating make sure you're subscribed and we thank you so much for being out there and listening you could also follow us on social media at piecing pod join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces and also if you really like what we do here on the show uh you could check out the patreon produced by david rosen the patreon that combines content from this podcast as well as awesome movie year which is another movie podcast i produce and from my music career uh, i'm currently 18 songs deep into uh what is going to turn into my next couple of albums actually a whole bunch of new music i've been working on so uh yeah i'm going to be posting some previews of that on the patreon first so there will be a lot of music coming there there's also a soundtrack album that i'm Probably not going to be releasing in an official capacity, but we'll put on the Patreon very soon. So lots of stuff hitting that Patreon soon. So check it out. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. Advanced episodes of Piecing It Together, bonus awesome movie years, and lots of music. So speaking of music, uh, let's talk about J-Lo and this movie, Marry Me. All right, so it is Valentine's Day, and we're going to talk about a romantic comedy, which we don't do enough of here on the show, so I'm glad to be talking about this movie. Uh, it is Marry Me, and joining me is Rachel Wagner. Rachel, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? 
I'm great. I'm great. Lots of movies. Getting this this year. I, I keep saying this. Like I feel like this is like the fifth or sixth time I've said this on the show. I feel like I'm getting the year started still, and it's February. I don't understand <laughs> how it still feels that way, but yeah, it's. And here in Vegas, it's like hot today, which is mm-hmm. bizarre, absolutely insane. So nothing really makes sense. But uh, yeah, well, I think know. it kind of. Uh, we were really progressing, and things were, you know, like it, there was a sense of kind of propulsion and then the whole omicron thing kind of like eh, break Mm -hmm. for a lot of us (laughs) yeah i don't know if that's uh how everyone else feels but that's kind of what it felt like to me yeah i would say that's that's pretty fair and then we're kind of starting again what the future holds nobody knows we're recording this on a uh, thursday the episode's going up on a monday Uh, things could change by then like (laughs) we should say happy valentine's that's right. Just say happy Valentine's and just just roll along. So, yeah, um, right. yeah, let's talk about this movie. We're talking about Marry Me today. And uh, I, I've been asking my guests lately when we uh, kick these things off, was this was this a big one for you? Were you like looking forward to this? I actually was. I was yeah. really looking forward to this and also to The Lost City that comes out next month. Sure. Because I love rom-coms, and mm-hmm. we don't get very many rom-coms theatrically released these days. Very rare. And so I was just really excited for... I mean, J-Lo hasn't made a rom-com that she was the leading star in since 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long time. Uh, we're excited to have her back <laughs> to yeah. rom-coms. And it, there was a long time where we just hardly got any, if any... Sure. Uh, in the theater, so uh, to have two in in uh, one in um, February, one in March, uh, plus some other smaller releases, uh, I'm thrilled. Yeah, and I will say, like, I didn't like this as much as you did, but the thing that I like most about it is that yes, it's back to that kind of classic rom com feel. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't get enough of these movies. When rom-coms do happen, they tend to be like these small streaming releases, you know, or, or, or things like that. And so this you get like you get big movie stars, you get a relatively large production budget. It, it's a movie. It's, it's like yeah. a real movie, you know, and, and you don't get that very often in this genre, at least lately. And it used to be like the biggest thing. And yeah. so I do think in, in that throwback kind of a way, uh, it, it does make it a fun thing. Well, and I had my fair share of issues with the movie. It's definitely not a perfect film, but I thought it was entertaining enough. I It's, it's kind of interesting because there's this movie, but then there's also a smaller movie that's going to be going to Amazon Prime called I Want You Back, right. uh, which is an R-rated rom-com, but I loved it. I thought that was okay. so great and funny and charming and so I actually, even though I'm coming on for Marry Me, I would even more, if you like, if you can handle some R-rated content, I would yeah. even recommend that one more. It was really Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we we, uh, we discussed that on our trailer roundup at the beginning of the month, and I am looking forward to checking it out. I do love the uh, the stars of it, and so I am going to have to watch yeah. it. I knew nothing about it. I didn't, okay. I didn't even see the trailer. I mean, I just knew nothing. I was so busy. Yeah, and I went to see this. I went to a screening, and I was thoroughly charmed by it. Really. Oh, that's it. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces for Marry yes. Me. We'll get more into the story and what works and what doesn't work and all that along the way. But what do you got for your first piece? Well, the most obvious one that first came to my mind was Nani Hill. Sure. Because 
you know, with Naughty Hill, obviously, you have a very famous, in this case, actress that falls for a, you know, bookshop owner, charming bookshop owner. Um, and then in Marry Me, you have the, uh, the famous singer that falls for the, you know, ordinary teacher. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so it definitely has that similar kind of dynamic going on. Yeah, you definitely get that culture clash into the, you know, the celebrity lifestyle from just a, a normal, regular person. And uh, yeah, that that is like, you know, we talk about uh, some of the better rom-coms. I mean, Notting Hill is like squarely in that, the pantheon of like that era of, of yeah. what we all kind of think about and what we go back to. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that that is definitely a good one to kick it off with. And uh, I, I think that that comparison you know, 100% makes sense and I think is a really kind of good indicator of what they're going for at the very least with this movie. Yeah. And one of my favorite scenes in Naughty Hill is the scene where they go to the sister's birthday party mm -hmm. and it's her first time kind of meeting his friends and, and probably the first time that she's had friends for a long time. And I just think that is so well written. Yeah. It feels so authentic to like an actual kind of conversation with friends to me and you know they're all fighting over the brownie and you know things like that i i just i love it i think it's really good and you know and then you've got all like the horse and hound stuff which is hilarious yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> uh and i think they've both never been more likable than in that movie both leads absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. I, I need to revisit it one of these days because I do remember it was great. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will go for my first piece, kind of kind of one that also gets into the exact same uh, ideas as Notting Hill. But I, I think both of these movies kind of do it a little better than Marry Me, but I think they both kind of come from the same place. And that's uh, Crazy Rich Asians from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, just the idea of of this person getting getting with their new uh, romantic partner and it gets them swept up into this huge culture clash into the world of like the obscenely wealthy and just all of the stuff that goes along with that all, all of the oddities of being a part of celebrity culture and of uh, having all these people at your beck and call and not being able to get rid of those people when you want moments of privacy and all of the weirdities that go along with being a part of that kind of world for someone who's just kind of getting thrust into it and um, at a moment's notice, uh, I, I think it kind of does a lot of that same stuff. There's also a little bit of the culture clash as well uh, with um, Owen Wilson being kind of a goofy white guy who gets thrown into this uh, much more exciting lifestyle uh, with a Jennifer Lopez type character. And so uh, you get a little bit of that as well in there. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that choice. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have thought of it for some reason, but, but all the, I mean, it has one of the most impressive weddings sure. in recent memory in, in a movie. Um, and you know, sort of all the, the, um, hullabaloo as far as I, you know, what's happening from the trailer. But, um, I did think that her wedding dress was really pretty. I really okay. liked it. And I think the whole plot, I think it is key to have Jennifer Lopez in this role because, because she has been married so many times and she's mm -hmm. had so many long-term relationships that have been public and we've seen it. I, I just feel like she's one of the only ones that could sell this kind of sort of crazy concept. Uh, I mean, she married at one point one of her dancers. Like she, sure. 
she, <laughs> I just feel like she's probably the only one that could kind of sell this whole concept of somebody doing this and somebody, uh, you know, marrying somebody she doesn't even know. And uh, I, I think that it works better than it has any right to partly because of her. Right. Yeah. I mean, she is absolutely perfect for it. Like it's hard to imagine this with anybody else. And th there's even lines like, uh, I, I know uh, th there's one line is someone says to her like, uh, or no, she says it herself, you know, I've never been nominated for anything. It almost feels like you're getting a little bit of a meta commentary yeah. in, in a moment like that. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it also kind of like speaks to um, what we were talking about before we got into the puzzle pieces of like kind of hearkening back to a time of bigger romantic comedies than what we get on streamers and stuff like that. Like this is movie star stuff. You can't yeah. do this unless you have a big movie star. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, she even had, you know, a long relationship with a famous uh, Latin singer, you know, I mean, there's just a lot in there that I think you just couldn't have anybody else play the part. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's go on to some more pieces. What do you got for your next one? So my next piece is more of a thriller. So it's not exactly, but I think it has a lot of similarities is the bodyguard. Okay. Yes. So we have another example of the, in this case it is a famous singer that kind of falls for the common, common guy, the bodyguard. At this point, this has sort of a thriller kind of aspect to it, but, you know, great chemistry uh, between Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston, incredible soundtrack. And mm -hmm. one of the strengths probably of Marry Me is is the soundtrack. I, I think sometimes the musical montages are too long. Sure. But the songs themselves, I think, are pretty good, pretty catchy. They're good. Yeah, yeah, pretty catchy. And... Uh, so certainly, I mean, the bodyguard has one of the most famous, uh, soundtracks of all time. Yeah. Um, some of the best songs ever sung. Um, and, uh, so I don't, I think there's some similarities there. Yeah. I think that that's uh, absolutely a great one there. And yeah, the, the soundtrack is definitely one of the strong points of this movie. And of course the bodyguard, one of the all timers when it comes mm -hmm. to, uh, film soundtracks. So Definitely that fits here. Uh, again, I've got a piece that I think just kind of rolls right along with uh, using the bodyguard here. Uh, I'm going to go with the recent A Star is Born, the Lady Gaga, mm -hmm. Bradley Cooper one. Good one. Uh, you know, I, in a lot of ways, uh, it, A Star is Born, you've got Lady Gaga as this Lady Gaga-esque pop star named Ali. Uh, there's a love story, but along with the love story, it's basically an entire new Lady Gaga album and lots of uh, song performances, concert performances. It gets a lot heavier, a lot darker, of course, uh, with the A Star is Born story with where things go, whereas Marry Me is more of just a straight up rom-com and is not interested in getting into anything too heavy. Uh, but here, J-Lo gets to have her own alter ego in, in Cat, Cat Valdez, and uh, her alter ego has an album that is somewhat J-Lo-esque, and mm -hmm. she gets to do a whole lot of performances while also having a love story. So there, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of a star is born in here, I think. Yeah. The the downside, I think, to this film, which is not the case in A Star is Born, that chemistry was so good mm -hmm. in that movie. And same thing uh, with, the, like I said, with The Bodyguard. I did not feel the chemistry between these yeah. two in Marry Me. Yeah. Uh, it just, 
I never bought it. And I, I, I was hoping that I would. I love Owen Wilson, but, but he's just like sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, from the trailers and stuff, I was like, oh, I've maybe sensing something here. It seemed like maybe they might have chemistry, but I don't know. It just, I never, it always seemed like he was just doing her a favor. It never felt like he was really in love with her. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I, I don't know if that falls more on the script or the performance, but yeah, his character just never, uh, never is in it. Like he's just kind of just sleepwalking through all this, even in the first, like, you know, the major setup scene where it's at the concert and she's like, you know, okay, I'll marry you to this, you know, random guy in the crowd. And then all of a sudden he's up on stage, like doing the I do's. And I'm like, did they skip a scene here? Like, yeah. where where is this person like wrestling with this idea? He's just like, all right, whatever. I'll I guess I'll do this now. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really make sense. And then later on, they tried to have him say, oh, well, what about my daughter? When his daughter was right there, so she's <laughs> yeah. already involved. It's not like he can kind of be like, kind of try to pretend it didn't happen. Or I don't know. Yeah, I I feel like that was. I don't know, not handled the best. Like they should have given him some more motivation aside from I'm a nice person and I I saw that you were hurting. Sure. Um that's pretty much the only reason that they give. Um where if they had had it be like we're going to give a million dollars to your school if you go through with this marriage. You know what I mean? Like some motivation to Just something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, uh what do you got for your next piece? So my next pick is actually sort of the the fake relationship part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to go way back. I'm changing it up from what I had messaged you. We're going way back to one of the very first, in this case, it's a Christmas rom-com. We're going back to Christmas in Connecticut. And Christmas in Connecticut was made in, ni- in 1945, I believe. And okay. it's all about this woman who is a writer. She writes uh, like happy homemaker kind of pieces and yet and talking about all the food that she's making and the you know baby that she has and the happy family and the Christmas and everything. So then this soldier comes uh, back from serving and wants contacts the magazine, says he wants the perfect uh christmas that she's been talking about but of course mm-hmm. she's she's like a single lady in this in the city who doesn't know how to do anything and has just been sure. making all this up and so then okay. all of a sudden they have to scramble together and find her a husband and a baby and a house in connecticut and everything and put on this show and a lot of romantic comedies are can hold their sort of that hold Christmas in Connecticut as their ancestor. And mm. so when they're kind of creating this fake relationship of a, that, they're going to tell everybody that they are, you know, a happy you know, married couple and they're putting on this front and everything like that. It kind of all goes back to the whole Christmas in Connecticut. And uh, one of my favorite jokes in Christmas in Connecticut is uh, so they get the women in the work of this factory to leave one of the women will leave their baby at the house each day. And mm. so every day she has a different baby and the soldier's like, what? <laughs> what is this baby? That's pretty great. And, yeah. Really <laughs> funny. It's such a funny movie. It's such a, 
Barbara Stanwyck is so great in it. Uh, so I, I highly recommend it. Uh, and I mean, I always love that whole sort of trope of the fake fiance, fake relationship kind of a thing. I think it's really funny. And I, I, I think that it would never happen in real life. I can't imagine that ever happening, but like for, for some reason I'm able to suspend my disbelief and just laugh. <laughs> sure. At it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's my next piece. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've never seen it, but uh, it, it sounds really fun. And yeah. that that's one of the things about rom-coms that work the best is, you know, the bigger the concept, the the bigger the idea that you kind of have to run with it. And if if it's able to grab you and make you run with the heightened reality of it all, then it's going to work the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I will go with uh, a more recent rom-com, one that uh, didn't work that well, though I don't know, maybe we'll see if you like this one, but uh, I thought of What Happened in Vegas. Oh, I uh, hate that movie. Yeah, it's terrible, <laughs> but uh, Cameron Diaz, Ashton Kutcher, uh, they they meet in Vegas, and uh, it, or during a drunken night, they get married, they don't realize it happened, they wake up. They're stuck together, and uh, rather than just getting a quick annulment, if I remember correctly, uh, there, there's there's a uh, a lottery involved or something, and so they don't want to get you know an annulment immediately because of that. So they want to stick together because of that, and so they're stuck together. They decide to kind of try to make it work and to get to know each other after the fact, after already being married. So you kind of get this similar setup here in Marry Me that this all just kind of just whiz-bam just happens in the moment. There, There's no thinking about it. They just do it. They just get married, and they're going to have to get to know each other after the fact. And it, it's very different in the sense that what happens in Vegas kind of came out of a moment in pop culture where things were just all about excess and partying and just kind of grossness in the culture mm-hmm. and uh marry me comes out of a different kind of gross it's more of like a online obsessed celebrity obsessed social media obsessed moment in the culture well, almost one thing about the movie that i didn't really get is that the social she's media supposedly stuff. well yeah because she's supposedly super famous as famous as jennifer lopez basically right is the idea i don't think that jennifer lopez has to like pedal Vitamixes, like For sure. Yeah. I, there was some stuff that I felt like there's no way that somebody on her caliber, her success level, would be doing this kind of social media that she does in the movie. Yeah, I mean, my dream is for the podcast to get big enough that I don't have to do my own social media. So I hope J Lo doesn't have to do <laughs> yeah. her own social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I mean, get the that only sure. the only way I could see her doing something like that is if it's like her own line, you mm-hmm. know, if it's like a what was her name, Cat or whatever. That if it's like I could see her going on QVC or something like that and being like, but even sure. then, I feel like it's more of a B lister kind of a thing to do. But yeah. maybe if it's her, like the Kardashians have their own line and of stuff, and I could see. I mean, J Lo's had her own lines of stuff. I could see that, but the fact that she was just like hawking Vitamixes on her Instagram, it just didn't make sense. the The funny thing about that is, I feel like the reason they did that is strictly because it's it's kind of an image thing right now that everybody seems to think celebrities are all on social media, <laughs> even though it's hopefully not them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but 
I, I feel like it's just part of that whole like Today Show culture and like stuff like that, where people just expect celebrities to be a part of social media, and so they're almost like writing it in as like a fantasy uh, of that yeah. being an actual real world thing. I don't know. I, I sure hope. And not. I think they were trying to create this like ultimate contrast between Owen Wilson that he's like the record guy and the like never yeah. knows where his phone is guy and yeah, whatever you know like that kind of thing but you can do that with with her just being like a normal celebrity i don't know yeah yeah absolutely so uh yeah what happens in vegas um i would <laughs> i would put it below uh marry me on the uh the the list of rom-coms oh, so marry me definitely gets above there so yeah they're um, just such jerks i mean i i would probably be fine with it if I liked either of them, but by the end, I I don't care that they're together. I don't want mm -hmm. them to be together. I don't like either of them. And that is such a key in romantic comedies. It's such a key that they have chemistry in order to work. And that it must be so frustrating because I'm sure there's so many times when on paper, everything works, but when you put them together and it's just, the chemistry is just not there. And right. that must be so frustrating. But also, in, they try to do as enemies to lovers sometimes. They didn't really do it in this sure. movie, but in What Happens in Vegas, they do. And it's so tricky because the thing about people are always comparing everything to Pride and Prejudice. And the thing about Pride and Prejudice is that everybody loves Darcy and Lizzie, except right. for the two of them. They're the right. only two that don't get along. Everybody else thinks that they are the best people. And so we are invested in their relationship because we know that they're good people if they could just see it, if they could just figure it out. Right. And right. so that's the problem with something like what happened in Vegas is it's like, this is just a jerk. We don't care. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 totally makes sense. And yeah, that if you don't if you can't get on on board with these people, it's just it's not going to work. Yeah. And thankfully you can here. So Yeah, you can enough for it to Yeah. Like it's not enough. a great movie, but it's serviceable. <laughs> sure. That's what I <laughs> so what uh, do you got next? Okay, my next one is another person falling in love with a famous person movie. Very mm -hmm. iconic. It's Roman Holiday. And Roman sure. Holiday is all about a princess who, I guess, escapes or leaves her uh, castle. And she's in Rome. And there's a newspaper reporter uh, played by Gregory Peck. The princess is, of course, played by Audrey Hepburn to an Oscar for the role. Mm -hmm. And so he decides to take her through the day uh, and uh, taking pictures with his friend is there. And uh, taking pictures of her uh, experiencing all these new things that she never gets to experience because she's a princess. Sure. And they have this great day and they kind of start to fall for each other. And it's just very sweet and very romantic and has that kind of every man falls for the, you know, celebrity princess, whatever you want to say. So I think it has a lot of that dynamic here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a, a classic. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's got to be an inspiration on something like this. And especially that kind of that whole dynamic of, of the, the incredibly wealthy and or famous, you know, woman and the the guy who's just kind of along for the ride and, and figuring things out as he goes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and also that just kind of day in the life where they're just having a, a semi-normal day to get to know each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I I do want to say I thought the little girl, I guess Chloe Coleman, mm-hmm. I thought she was excellent. She's a good little actress, I think. She was. Yeah, she was really good. I also want to mention this kind of speaks to this point a little bit. Uh another one of my little issues with with the movie, not that big of an issue, but um I was so taken aback by Owen Wilson's apartment. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing in TV all the time, especially TV, sometimes movies too. But I almost thought there was going to be a big third act twist that he's actually a secret billionaire. Like I, his apartment <laughs> was the nicest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, I, I, I thought J-Lo's teachers. place was, it was like a step down J-Lo's place from his apartment. But <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I don't know. That's really very strange uh, production design choices there. But um, all right, I'll go on to another piece here. Uh, I'm going to go with Yes Man, the Jim Carrey comedy. Uh, th- this movie, uh, Marry Me, it seems to have a, a big kind of power of positive thinking kind of thread running through it. There's a lot of scenes of uh, Jennifer Lopez's character talking herself into doing things, into uh, just saying yes, into just going with what the universe gives her and uh, taking a chance. And then we also get uh, moments of Owen Wilson's character uh, kind of having to have those moments where he's just not sure if this is what he should do, but uh, I'm just going to go with it and see what happens. And so I I felt like there's like a lot of that uh, positive thinking stuff going on here, which I always think of Yes Man when you see movies with that. Yeah, that's a... a a good one and it's i mean it's definitely has a very sweet message you know sweet heart to it that it's trying to um trying to have and uh even with the uh the um bastian character even he kind of gets a little bit of redemption arc in the end they're not too hard on him for what he does i mean how did you think that maluma and Jennifer Lopez had better chemistry than Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez. A hundred percent. And yeah. I, I mean, part of that goes back to Owen Wilson just sleepwalking his way through this movie. I mean, he's just, he's t- like, and he's always been just such a chill guy. That's part of his appeal. He's like this kind of surfer dude kind of thing. I, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but um, it's dialed up to 11 here. He's just so just chill. It's just, there's, there's not much there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, M- Maluma is a very uh, a very charismatic performer, though. Yeah, and and he's been great in some romantic comedies. I mean, I love Midnight in Paris is one of my oh sure favorite movies, and you could even say something like Wedding Crashers or you know some of these other movies that he's done um, that he can be really charming and uh, likable. Uh, but I don't know, just in this case. It just didn't work. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I felt like I, he just wasn't invested in his character. That's that's what it seemed like. But he's still fun to watch just because he's Owen Wilson. And, you know, you wait the whole movie for mm-hmm. him to say, wow. And he, he just never did it, though. Sarah was Silverman was really weird in her role as well. Sarah Silverman was a very... Uh, I, her... Her jokes just weren't there. No. Like, I, she was just strangely written. It was also kind of weird to see uh, John Bradley in two movies, two weekends in a row. Yeah, that, that was, was kind of that was kind of weird. Coming <laughs> He's off Moonfall, cringing in both. I I feel like this guy is James Corden light. 
Yeah, I think that's a good. Uh, oh, I, I don't. I don't think John Bradley would like that. But yeah, sorry, John. Uh, I, I'm I sure you're a good... super lovely person, but I. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just, that was my impression. <laughs> they also underused, and I'm going to butcher his name, but Utkarsh, Embadukar. Uh, this was which character was this? He was the coach of the other team, telling him they should like. Oh, give right, in right, and right. Not do it and. And uh, and forfeit the match or whatever. And I'm like, that was weird to have him in such a small role. Right, very small. There, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know with, with that character. It's an interesting uh, mm-hmm. thing to just kind of just throw somebody in a small yeah. role like that. That can be distracting yeah. when you yeah, have that. absolutely. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Okay, my next piece is uh, the movie Green Card. Oh, sure. And this movie uh, is also another sort of fake relationship movie. And it's uh, Andy McDowell and Gerard Depardieu. And uh, he uh, kind of, he gets her to pretend that they're married so that he can get a green card. And, uh, And she does it because she wants to get into this apartment where it's only for married uh, people mm. and so you know obviously all kinds of shenanigans <laughs> and sure. uh, yeah i like it i think i would say it's it's a little bit underrated as far as rom-coms and uh it's funny and i think they have pretty cute chemistry yeah i remember it but i'm pretty sure i never actually saw it but um i could imagine that cast and that setup could uh definitely make for a good one mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like a you know marriage of convenience plot fake fiance sure. plot yeah yeah so i only have one one last one and it's a very small one uh but it, it's hard to talk about romantic comedies without talking about love actually and uh big romantic gestures handwritten on pieces of poster board <laughs> uh you think of love actually so uh it's a little one but uh, yeah. i figured i had to include it is that your favorite of the love stories in love actually Which- i mean i don't know i there's there's a lot of fun in there. There there there's it's it's kind of hard to pick. It's a mixture between fun and depression. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, we just covered this an awesome movie here, and it's a really hard thing to pick like your favorite story within it. I mean, I think probably my favorite, just because I like cheesy romance, is probably Hugh Grant and the secretary or whatever. That that's pretty cute, and him Hugh going, Grant's just so good. Yeah, knocking on doors. Uh, my least favorite is the um sex stand in people like that right story. i also i mean i i guess it's good they have the laura linney one because it's kind of you're more bittersweet it's not all like if they all were like the hugh grant one it would be too much um, sure. like we got in the in the um gary marshall movies that were so bad to try to do the same oh, yeah. thing but i don't know yeah. i don't love that one still even yeah. saying that i still don't love it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's taken over the conversation uh, in a lot of like this entire genre. So I think that that's part of the reason why a lot of people it, it, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I also really like Bill Nye. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. So that's good. Um, there were a couple others that I thought of that I don't know if they need to be full pieces, but I thought of Coming to America. Um, that's a movie that's also about a you know royalty that uh sure you know and has a love story 
with a commoner. Um, I thought of Anastasia, another movie with a royal that falls in love with a yeah. commoner. And I thought of Born Yesterday. And it's like maybe a little bit of a stretch because she's supposed to fall in love with this. She's supposed to marry this like kind of like mobster guy. But then mm-hmm. she ends up falling for um, this kind of nobody guy, this reporter. And it's really, I mean, it's great. So good. And Judy Holiday is so good in it. Um, that one, I feel like, has like a little bit of that same dynamic. Um, sure. So those were some ones that I thought of. And they do mention in the movie, they mention Camelot. Uh, and they actually right. dance to... Uh, to if ever I would leave you, and uh, so yeah, there's Camelot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There, there, we might as well keep that on the list as well. But yeah, those are those are all good ones to uh, to include on here. Yeah, the only other thing I had thought of, and uh, this is probably way off base, but uh, the whole Meghan Markle uh, Prince Harry thing—that's another like being swept away into just this world of just over the topness and I didn't really have a movie I guess the lifetime trilogy uh <laughs> those could fit right I don't I, I don't know which ones of those I've actually They're watched so maybe one or two they're just awful <laughs> but uh so yeah that, that's like a little uh, asterisk at the bottom mm-hmm. of my list so um cool our finished list then is Notting Hill Crazy Rich Asians The Bodyguard a Star is Born, Christmas in Connecticut, What Happens in Vegas, Roman Holiday, Yes Man, Green Card, Love Actually, Coming to America, Anastasia, Born Yesterday, and Camelot. You know, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I don't cover enough romantic comedies on this show, so I, I'm really glad we did this. Um, the, there's a lot of them here to get into with, with the pieces and just talking about this movie itself. Uh, are there any like closing thoughts you had, any other things we didn't really quite get into? Well, I think that we need more romantic comedies. Yeah, Marry Me may not be perfect, but I think there's something about the genre that's really important that we keep having them and we've had too little of them because Mm. romantic comedies at their heart give you hope. They're about believing in love and believing in good outcomes and happily ever afters. Uh, and I think that that's important. I think we need to tell more stories with happy endings. I, I mean, I think we need both. I think we need the somber pieces, but I think we also need love stories and we need happy endings. And, uh, it's important to share those as a culture. And, uh, so more please. That's what I have to say. That's yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I, and like I was saying at the beginning, I, I think the idea, I'm a big you know, theater purist or whatever. Like to me, the, seeing movies in the theater is just the way to be. And mm-hmm. uh, although I did watch this at home on a screener, but uh, you know, seeing big movies in a big way is always so much more fun and so much more exciting. And I want to see more rom-coms in that format. I want to see them actually get made with decent budgets and big stars and, uh, you know, and, and be movie movies rather than just being little forgettable things that just show up on a streamer and then nobody talks about yeah. them again. I, I, I like that this is one that hopefully uh, will catch some attention and actually keep it for a little while. I agree. I agree. I hope it does well. I really do. So that does it for Marry Me. Uh, Rachel, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, I actually, the same week, I saw another romantic comedy called I Want You Back, 
which is an R-rated romantic comedy, so it won't be for everybody, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I thought they had great chemistry. So actually, ironically, even though I came on for Marry Me, I think that it's the better new rom-com. Sure. <laughs> but you can watch that one on uh, on Amazon Prime. And and then the we have The Lost City coming up in March, which I'm really hopeful will be good. Uh, crossing fingers. I'm looking forward to that, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, planning on watching I Want You Back this weekend. So I am looking forward to that. Uh, but awesome. Rachel, uh, thank you so much for doing the show again. And why don't you tell people where they can find you and your pod and all that? Yeah, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and on iTunes and YouTube. I do family movie nights every Monday. I cover lots of animation. And, and then over on Hallmarkies podcast, we cover all the rom-coms, the holiday films. Over there, all the Hallmark films. Uh, so check that out. We have a lot of fun over there. And you can hear David's, uh, he composed our new theme. So <laughs> definitely you should check it out. Absolutely. Yes. Everybody check that out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Rachel, thank you so much for doing the show again. Hopefully we'll uh, get you back again sometime soon. Yeah, I'd love it. Anytime. Check out the Sonic Cinema Podcast, where film critic Brian Scuttle takes you through the year discussing classic film, reviewing modern hits and misses, covering film festivals, and interviewing filmmakers and film critics. Click subscribe at YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, and other platforms, or follow along at www.sonic-cinema.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Marry Me. Thanks to Rachel Wagner for joining me on that one. It was a fun one to talk about for sure. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you enjoy what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed. Wherever it is you listen to podcasts, you should be subscribed there. And if you wouldn't mind being so awesome to drop us a little five-star rating, that would be really appreciated. Just trying to get those ratings up and the reviews and all that stuff, wherever it is. If, if there's a, a star button hit the star button, uh, not the one star, not the two star, although, I mean, if you don't like the show, sure, whatever, but, you know, five stars, that would be awesome. Do it, and uh, and then keep listening. You could also share the show. We really appreciate when you do that. Follow us on social media, at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And I told you at the top of the show about our Produced by David Rosen Patreon. You can always check that out as well. So, uh, you know, I'm realizing, speaking of music making, uh, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of this podcast. And every year I update the music theme uh at, you know the intro and the interstitial musics for the show and i'm gonna have to do that soon uh note to self adding that to my to-doist list right now uh but for now let's wrap this thing up with a piece of my music like we always do and i was kind of looking for something uh i don't know a little dancey i guess a little a little poppy kind of I, I don't really a lot of my music is kind of dark even though um like the music I did for Rachel's podcast is not dark at all, but a lot of my music on my albums is very dark and gloomy and stuff like that. So uh, I don't have a lot of upbeat tracks to play. 
Uh, but I thought this one might work. It's called Where Shadows Go. It's from a free bonus album that's exclusively available on my Bandcamp, davidrosen.bandcamp.com. Uh, this was one of three bonus albums I put out kind of in between main releases with uh, extra B-side type tracks and remixes and stuff like that. So yeah, this track is called Where Shadows Go. Hope you enjoy it. Like I said, the album is free on the Bandcamp, so go check out the rest of the album. We'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas. Yeah, that track was still pretty gloomy.